0: serial killers. They can live right next door to you. And Pensacola, Florida's most notorious murderer and I lived in the same neighborhood, although not at the same time. But after researching man killer Judy Buenoano, I've decided that if I hang out with a new friend or neighbor from now on, I'll do the cooking. I'm investigative journalist Molly Barrows. For years, I've covered the stories that made headlines in Northwest Florida and all along the Gulf Coast. Murders. Missing persons. And mysteries of all kinds. These cases are far from over for many victims because the full story has yet to surface. Join me for Gulf Coast Confidential where I dive into the saltier side of the South and expose the lies, greed, and corruption that often weighs down the truth. It's time to turn the tide and get a shot at justice. Like many who called the Pensacola area home, convicted serial killer Judy bunuano wasn't originally from the historic Florida Panhandle City, but it's the Gulf Coast community where she chose to put down roots and at least two victims. If she hadn't tried to blow up her last lover, she might have gotten away with all of it. Instead, the bombing attempt... Well, it bombed, and the investigation that followed blew apart the collection of masks she had worn for years to hide her crimes. Grieving widow, doting mother, impassioned lover. Here's a look at how Judy Buenoaño became known as the Black Widow and ended up on Florida's death row. She was born Judeus Welty in Quanah, Texas, on April 4, 1943, the daughter of a farm laborer. She would later say her mother was a member of a Mesquite Apache tribe and that she was the great-great-granddaughter of Geronimo, the famous Indian chief also with ties to Pensacola, but that's another story. Her childhood was an unhappy one. Her mother died when she was four years old from tuberculosis, and she and her younger brother were raised by their grandparents, while her two older brothers were placed for adoption. She would eventually go to live with her father, his new wife, and her sons in Roswell, New Mexico. She was allegedly abused by them, beaten and starved and forced to work like a servant, she said. At the age of 14, she was incarcerated for two months for attacking her parents and scalding her stepbrothers with hot grease. She refused to go back home after finishing her sentence, in fact, and instead chose to stay at a state-run reform school for girls where she graduated high school in 1959. It wasn't long before Judy became a mother. In 1961, she gave birth to a son, Michael Schultz. He was rumored to be the child of a pilot at the nearby U.S. Air Force Base, but Judy would never confirm that. However, she had been working for more than a year at that point as a nurse's assistant under the name Anna Schultz. She married U.S. Air Force Officer James Goodyear the following year, and he adopted Michael. Now Judy Goodyear, she and James had two children together, James, born in 1966, and daughter Kimberly, born in 1967. By this time, the family was living in Orlando, Florida, where Judy's husband was stationed. He helped support her first business, a child care center. She ran the business and took care of their children while he spent a year serving in Vietnam. He returned from the conflict in June of 1971, and although Judy would later say he came home sick and never recovered, reports say he passed a physical upon his return and didn't start complaining of health problems until three months later. He saw a military doctor for stomach pains and chills on September 1st. Two weeks later, he was dead of apparent, quote, natural causes, end quote. The mother of another man Judy dated, Lodell Morris, later testified about an alleged confession Judy made about Goodyear's death. She said she didn't report it sooner because she was scared of Judy. She said Judy Buoniano told her that James Goodyear was no good, that she, quote, had to work her butt off, and every time her back was turned, he was in bed with a 13-year-old, and he was no help to her, so she killed the son of a bitch that he didn't deserve to live, end quote. Her husband's untimely passing, though, resulted in a windfall of cash for Judy Goodyear. She received $95,000 from life insurance and veterans benefits. Not long after her husband's death, she collected another 90000 from a house fire. In fact, the Goodyear's Orlando home is recently up for sale and featured on a social media site called Died in House. You can check out the listing with a link on Facebook. It's just one of many places online you can find niche information about high-profile crimes and killers. There's even a market for items that belong to infamous criminals, including Judy Bueniano's artwork and letters. But we'll have a little bit more on that later. Around nineteen seventy two, Bueno Anyo met and moved in with Bobby Joe Morris of Pensacola. She and her family settled into the area for the next five years. But according to murderpedia.org, her new life was marred by her son Michael, who was disruptive at school and of low intelligence, and she placed him in foster care. In nineteen seventy seven, Bobby Joe moved to Colorado and Judy soon followed, but not before she fell victim to yet another house fire, which brought yet another insurance check. Not long after she arrived in Colorado, Morris started getting sick. Although they weren't married, she had changed her name to Judeus Morris. Bobby Joe Morris was admitted to a local hospital on January 4, 1978, but doctors were unable to diagnose his illness, so they sent him home. He collapsed two days after being discharged and was taken back to the hospital where he died. Buenyo Año cashed in on the three life insurance policies she had taken out on him. During her years with Morris, Judy and Bobby Joe were suspected of killing another man in Morris' hometown of Bruton, Alabama. According to badmarriages.net, in 1974, police responded to an anonymous tip that sent them to a motel. There, they found Ben J. Sherrod of Miami, Florida, dead and tied to a chair. His throat was cut, and he had been shot. There was no bullet or fingerprints at the crime scene, and the case has never been solved. Bobby Joe Morris is said to have confessed to his part in the crime on his deathbed, and his mother, Lodell Morris, said Judy confessed to her about that crime, too. Quote, the son of a bitch shouldn't have come up here in the first place, Morris said Buonoano told her. He knew if he came up here, he was going to die, end quote. Michael Sherrod, who says he is Ben Sherrod's son, commented last year on the story about Judy Buonoano on that website, badmarriages.net. He had this to say about their alleged involvement in his dad's death. Quote, my father, Ben Sherrod, was the man Morris and Buño killed in Bruton, Alabama in 1974, Michael Sherrod wrote on April 11, 2021. It was the only murder there that year. His case was never solved officially, but I know she was guilty. My father was tied to a chair before he was stabbed numerous times and shot in the head. Personally, I'm glad Morris died a horrible death, and I can only hope that Buño Año was absolutely terrified before she rode the lightning. She got what she deserved. End quote. Several months after Morris' death in 1978, Judy moved back to Pensacola, and this time she changed her name to Bueno Año, which is good year in Spanish. She bought a house in the Whisper Bay neighborhood of Gulf Breeze. I lived in that same neighborhood and often walked past her house, which was a pretty two-story New England-style cottage home, and I thought about what went on in there. In 1979, Michael Goodyear dropped out of school and joined the U.S. Army, but soon he, too, was sick, too sick, in fact, for basic training. Military doctors reportedly diagnosed him with arsenic poisoning. The poison destroyed Michael's muscles and left him paralyzed. He was unable to walk or use his hands, and he wore heavy arm and leg braces. The 19-year-old was discharged into the care of his mother, And just one day after his release, she took him and his older brother, James Jr., on a canoe on the East River north of Navarre, Florida. Michael was reportedly looking forward to the boat ride after his extended hospital stay. He sat in a lawn chair his mother had wedged into the canoe for him. During the ride, the canoe flipped and Michael, paralyzed and weighted down by heavy braces, drowned. His mother and brother swam to shore. Judy said it was an accident but gave multiple stories about how it happened, including that the canoe hit a log and a snake dropped out of a tree into the boat, and they scrambled to get it out. Pensacola police detective and author Ted Chamberlain would later say, quote, She put that boy through a lot before she killed him. She poisoned him to make him paraplegic, and the guy ain't home from the hospital for 24 hours before she drowns him, End quote. Buenio Año received $125,000 in life insurance payouts for her son's death, one from the military and two civilian policies. The following year, she opened a beauty salon called Fingers and Faces with part of that money, The parlor was a popular place to get pampered in Pensacola, and the tall, imposing woman was well-known for her flashy Corvette, overpowering perfume, and long, glamorous fingernails. She also dated regularly, sometimes with wealthier paramours. John Gentry II, a wallpaper salesman, was one of the men she was seeing. They met at a mud wrestling match. She was feminine and attentive and told him she was a senior nurse and business owner. Gentry was smitten, and in 1982, the two took out life insurance policies on each other for $50,000. Without his knowledge, she later increased that amount to $500,000. Quote, I was going to get drunk, raise some hell, and go down and see the mud wrestling, said John Gentry, quoted in a 1985 Chicago Tribune article. Judy was standing at the bar, all dressed in black. She wore black quite a lot. In fact, psychologically, I think that says a lot about her. End quote. By 1983, the seemingly happy couple were in love, or so Gentry thought. Buonio was right there to give him vitamins when Gentry complained of a cold. However, those vitamins made him dizzy and nauseous. And when he complained to Judy, she told him to double the dose. Gentry became so sick he checked himself into a hospital, and after he recovered, he refused to take any more of her quote vitamins on june twenty fifth nineteen eighty three Bueno, then forty years old, told Gentry she was pregnant. They had met for dinner at a Pensacola restaurant called the Driftwood, and he left to get champagne to celebrate. Only Judy wasn't actually pregnant, and Gentry wasn't going anywhere when he started his car. it exploded. Police say she had placed five sticks of dynamite in the trunk. Gentry was seriously injured, but he did survive. And police, well, they began taking a closer look at Judy Buenio especially when they learned so many people close to her had died, and she had richly benefited from it. Quote, Somebody said her son got killed, then somebody said her boyfriend got killed, then somebody said her husband got killed, said former assistant prosecutor at the time, Russ Edgar. Things got curiouser and curiouser. End quote. Gentry, it turns out, had kept two of those fake vitamins, and when authorities tested them, they found paraformaldehyde. When Año was arrested and tried for Gentry's attempted murder. She was convicted and sentenced to 12 years in prison. Her son, James Jr., was charged as an accomplice. The state contended he wired Gentry's car, but in a separate trial, the then 18-year-old was acquitted. The bombing case prompted investigators to take a closer look at the deaths of Judy's son, Michael, her husband, James, and her boyfriend, Bobby Joe Morris. Buenyo Anyo was later tried and convicted of Michael's death, and she received a life sentence. Police also exhumed the bodies of James Goodyear and Bobby Joe Morris. Tests revealed arsenic in Goodyear's remains and massive amounts of Thorazine in Morris's body. That's a drug used to immobilize horses and large circus animals. Police believe she poisoned all three, dosing them in their food, their drinks, and with those vitamins. She was tried and convicted of Goodyear's murder and received the death penalty. Prosecutors in Colorado decided not to pursue a case against her for Morris since she was already on death row in Florida. She never once admitted fault in any of her trials, and she always maintained her innocence. She was on death row for almost 13 years, and during that time, she wrote numerous letters to friends, family, and fans, and sent some drawings. Her signed pictures and letters are selling for $1,500 and $800 each on websites that sell murder memorabilia. Judy Buenuano was 54 years old when she was executed in Stark, Florida, on March thirtieth, 1998, via the electric chair, She did not make a statement before her death. It was Florida's first execution of a woman since 1848. That's when a freed slave was hanged for killing her former master. It was also Florida's first execution with female guards escorting an inmate to their execution. Over her life, Judy Buñuano presented many masks, but to the victims she hurt and their families, she was simply a greedy con artist. It's why the prosecution nicknamed her the Black Widow, because like the spider, they say she fed off her mates and her young. Quote, I think I'm the only man who ever got close to Judy and lived to tell about it, James Gentry said after she was convicted of trying to kill him. Quote, in fact, I'm sure of it. End quote. Revisiting the crimes of serial killers is both compelling and heartbreaking. My heart hurts for the people who died, the victims' loved ones who grieve their loss, as well as for the friends and family members who care for the accused, believe in their innocence, or even worse, accept their guilt, and live with a range of devastating and conflicting emotions. Then there are the crimes themselves, the intrigue, the horror, the who done it, and how did they get away with it for so long, details that keep you guessing and second-guessing. I feel all of that researching Judy Buenoaño, and all at once, I see the abused girl, the independent businesswoman, and the cunning, entitled killer. Well, thank you for joining me for I'll Do the Cooking on Gulf Coast Confidential. You can follow this story and others in the series on Spotify and YouTube.